Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Welcome to the show, everybody. Oh, there's a lot on my mind today. Uh, you know, interesting day. And yeah, I want to talk about the Islamic Revolution, the Middle East, and uh, some of the chaos over there. I want to put some of this in historical context. Uh, but before I do, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rant a little bit. You know, one of the things that I think is important to talk about, and I'm, I'm doing this for a reason, is, yeah, so I'm a nobody, right? I'm nobody who starts uh, fighting bad guys, and I'm doing my thing, and, you know, suddenly I got a platform, and we got shows, and we got people pushing me here and pushing me there, and I got all these interesting things happening, and life has certainly gotten more interesting, I guess, but it's, uh, it's, it hasn't really changed, and I want to tell you why I care about this. Uh, over the weekend at the Reawaken Tour, uh, I, I had a chance to talk to some really, really good people. And one of the things that, that came up, as it always does, is, well, everything's different for you now because you're this and you're that. And, and it isn't. It isn't. It isn't at all. This is super important because uh, people seem to think that people who fight big fights and do big things are somehow different than they are. People who are on TV are different from who they are. People who go to events and stand on stages in front of thousands of people are somehow different. And they're not. They're not. You know, God's been good. I've been privileged recently to, to sit with a lot of people like that and to be with a lot of people like that, you know, and to talk to a lot of people who truly are big shots. They really are. But the thing about it is, is at the end of the day, they're just people, every single one of us. And this is super important because, you know, I've been able to say, to do some pretty important and big things. That's just by, by God's grace, right? It certainly isn't by my talent or anything else. It's by God's grace. But the thing about this is, is that I've been able to do these things mostly outside of his grace, because I work hard and because I do them, right? I go. So I want to rant. So I wake up this morning, right? Here's, here's a normal human being thing, right? I wake up this morning. I'm supposed to take my mother to a hospital. She had a major stroke early on during the COVID lockdowns and uh, had all sorts of health troubles ever since. So I was supposed to take my mother to the hospital. I go get up at 4.30-ish this morning. And uh, get ready, go down, go to the car. And, and my truck just didn't work. I it just, there's the problem. It's broken, right? And I got to get it fixed. And it's clearly not doing well. Uh, so I had car trouble, right? The dog ate my homework. Uh, but yeah, so I, so I called my brother. Hey, I can't, I can't help you get her up there today. I can't get over there because I couldn't take my wife's car because she's got a cancer treatment today. So, you know, she's going to be gone there and I'm going to be uh, doing my thing. So moral of the story here is that you've got to understand uh, that, the, yeah, it was a crappy morning, just a crappy morning. Why does that matter? Well, it certainly shouldn't matter to you that I had a rough morning. Okay, it shouldn't. What matters, though, is I tell you this because everybody has rough mornings. Now, I'm still here. I'm doing my show. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. 
Um, I'm going to do all the things that I was going to do today. I'm going to get all the work done that I was going to do today. And just about everything I'm doing today is related to fighting for freedom. I have meetings on all sorts of things. We've got the media. I do the media to try and make sure that people are aware of what's going on. I do the media to ensure that people know about freedom and know what's going on. And I do a lot to educate people. I've got some meetings on some legal stuff. I got some meetings on some, uh, some, some deals we're working on to try and make sure that we can expand the message further. Uh, we got all sorts of things going on, but here's what happened. I had a bad morning. I had life get in the way. What I didn't do was call it a day and hang it up. I wanted to, I'll be real honest. I, you know, I was fussy and I, I said, I told my wonderful producer this morning, I said, you know what? I really don't feel like doing this today. I'm mad about the truck. I'm mad about this. I'm mad about that. Got to deal with the mom thing. Got to deal with the things. Got to deal with that thing. So many things. But I kept fighting. Not because I'm special. I'm not special. I just had a truck breakdown. I'm just someone who keeps fighting. And I want you to hear that because I want you guys to know that one of the most profound things that I see that's occurring today that's different than in 2020 is that there are a lot of people like me that are fighting now. You do, they're, they're not special. They're not big shots. They're exactly like me. Some of them started later, so they haven't built up a platform or build up this or build up that, and some of them won't. It doesn't matter. But the thing is, is there are a ton of people that are now fighting. And they're fighting despite the fact that life happens. They're fighting despite the fact that there are tough things, that there's difficult things, you know, that they're they're dealing with family health troubles or money problems or this problem or that problem. They're fighting because they know their kid's future is worth it. My children's future is worth a fight. I'm going to stand for them. Your children's future is worth a fight. I'm going to stand for them. I don't care who the kid is. All kids deserve a freedom and deserve an opportunity to fight forward. That can't happen if we don't stand for them. I'm doing that. I want you to do that. You know, I, I'll tell you, that's one thing that, that's interesting, and this is actually a very true thing for me. A lot of people say, well, I'm just fighting for my kids. I actually really do. I mean, certainly I'm fighting for my kids, but I also really do feel strongly about every kid out there. To me, what we're fighting for is the future of our nation and for freedom. We're fighting for freedom on a global scale. If the United States falls, freedom falls globally. There will be no freedom again. Without a shining beacon on the hill demonstrating what freedom can be and what liberty looks like, uh, it'll fall. And so, you know, we have to protect that. And the last bastion is here, and we either protect it or we lose it everywhere. So it's worth fighting for. I mean, we can't have global tyranny. The the Technology and the things that are changing now would actually allow for global tyranny. Never before in history have we had technology so advanced that people could be controlled on such a broad scale. We do now. We do. And it's a scary thing. And we either fight to ensure that freedom reigns or we're going to lose it globally. And, you know, I don't know what happens. I don't know how our kids can ever get it back. So I'm fighting. And I want you guys to do that with me. I want to encourage you guys. I want you to hear, I, wa I want my truck breaking down to be encouragement, right? I want it to be encouragement for y'all. I want you to understand that a, uh, you know, 
a broken truck, a broken, it's all life. And the only difference between the people standing on the stage or sitting in the audience is where you're sitting, right? There's no difference. And I'm honored to have had the opportunity to be a nobody and to finally get a little bit of a platform because it's, it's illustrated that so clearly. So be encouraged, stand, don't think you can't. Don't think you can't fight, you won't fight, you shouldn't fight. Uh, you know, Kennedy's uncle said it best. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Get your butt up and do something. That's something we really want to do. And I want to. one of the things you can do is I hope you'll support our sponsor. That is my book, Mod RNA, Why It Matters and Other Essays. It's back on Amazon, and we're back up to one, two, and three in our categories. It's actually doing quite well. So please, yeah, Amazon tried to boot it out. They're hoping that we wouldn't sell anymore, I think. I don't know. They definitely don't want this information out there, right? They don't want you to know about the poison vaccines that they're putting into our food supply. They don't want you to know that that's how they intend to vaccinate everybody that doesn't want to be vaccinated. They don't want you to know what's going on. They don't want you to support the bills that we're going to be supporting. But this is part of the 404 series, and we're actually already getting ready to launch a second book in our 404 series, which will be on CBDCs. Um, we're going to keep putting these out. And what these are, are very short, very readable books. They're so simple a politician can understand them. And we're putting them out there so that people can uh, really kind of get a, a short overview of issues and what they need to know and what's going on and stuff like that. Um, if we're lucky, it'll be it'll act as a talking point. If we can get it to enough elected officials, it's a nice little summary, 70-page, very, very easy read. I mean, you can read this in 15, 20 minutes. That's the point, though. That's the point. We want No one wants to read 1,000 pages on vaccinology and, and mod RNA. But if I can summarize it and make it simple and put it into something you can digest, that's useful. And that's what lawyers do, right? We're not scientists. I'm not trying to do science, and I'm not trying to justify every scientific uh, conclusion or basis that everybody on the planet has. I'm looking at the science that exists. I'm reading it, and I'm interpreting it in plain English and telling you why it matters in legal terms or in practical terms. But that's what we're doing in these books. So go to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble, go wherever you want to go. Go to TomRins.com. Get yourself Mod RNA, Why It Matters, and other essays. Get yourself educated and watch for more books in the 404 series. We're going to put out a ton of these. Just got to make sure that everybody's educated on this stuff. So, all right, so there's that. Um, with that... I want to kind of move into a, a really important issue. Now, I was looking yesterday, and again, I got to I got to credit my producer on this. Uh, she does a brilliant job, and uh, she she found this photo of women in Afghanistan in the seventies, and they were dressed like normal. They weren't dressed like you know in their their burqas and moos or whatever the hell these people wear it, it was ridiculous you know they're just dressed normal right now this got me to researching and it reminded me so i spent a few some time a while back working with brigitte gabriel um and brigitte was uh, you know she survived uh, the the civil war in lebanon and you know saw firsthand what what terror looks like what the islamic terror looks like now Distinguish between Islamic terror and Islamic people. There are people who are Islamic and not terrorists. And I know that that's a controversial thing. 
because a lot of people that listen to me and a lot of people that like what I have to say want to characterize that. But I want to challenge you on this a little bit because guess what? I'm Catholic. It doesn't mean I'm a pedophile. And there are, there are Islamic people that have no interest at all in being terrorists. That said, there are ter- a lot of people that use the religion of Islam to create terror and to, to make it an evil, awful thing. Um, but this, this article is precisely why this is important. So it led me to look. So first of all, let's start out with this. I want to lay this, lay, lay this groundwork and take you through this. A headline, this 1972 photo of women in miniskirts helped persuade Trump to commit to the war in Afghanistan. So according to the, there's a picture here, right? And uh, for those of you watching, I'm going to show you this picture. Um, it, it's a, uh, it's right here. And what you see is you see this picture of these three ladies. It's in Kabul in the 1970s, and they're all wearing miniskirts. They're dressed not that, di- I mean, the fashion's different, but they aren't dressed that different from what you'd see in America. And they're just normal people. In the background, you see some guys just wearing suits. And, and everything just looks normal, right? There's no, uh, there's no burger. There's no headscarf. There's nothing like that. And it's just, instead, it's just a, uh, a, a regular thing, right? This article talks a little bit about Trump and his America first strategy and how they got him to commit to this, this war in Afghanistan, which was something that was really counter to what you heard from him everywhere. And, uh, you know, he was focused on America first, not, you know, he's, I don't want to say he's an isolationist. It's just, you know, he's, he didn't want to go to war. He didn't want to be in wars that that had no benefit. But what happened was, is is according to Trump, uh, and this is a quote from the article. My original instinct was to pull out. And historically, I like following my instincts, Trump said. But all my life, I've heard that decisions are much different when you sit behind the desk in the Oval Office. Only after studying Afghanistan from every conceivable angle did he change his mind. He said Trump's military advisors, particularly his national security advisor, H.R. McMaster, have long ad- advocated for increased involvement. Well, the way the thing that did it for Trump, one of the things that did it is McMaster showed him this black and white snapshot from 1972 of these Afghanistan women that, that I just showed wearing their mini skirts, walked down and said that they told Trump, they said, listen, this country was not always what it is today. You know, there's a chance that these people will embrace change and get back to to freedom for all and equality for all. And so they said, hey, Mr. President, you know, let's let's try and give these people that opportunity. And Trump did. He thought he was going to give these guys the opportunity to get back to this picture from the 70s of, you know, women actually having an opportunity of people being treated with equality and respect and this, that and other. Right now. Did Islam exist in the 70s? Of course it did. So what what happened? What happened? Well, this got me looking further, right? And I looked at a couple different things. And one of the things, you know, I was familiar with the Lebanese Civil War because of my work with Brigitte and uh, because of the work and research I did with that, with that group. And 
you know, when you look at this, the the Lebanon, and if you listen to Rashid talk, Lebanon was a very cosmopolitan area. It's very open. It's very, very much what you'd expect from that picture. You know, people were treated with respect. They were all, you know, lots of people from a lot of different places, a lot of diversity, this, that, and other. Then you have this civil war, and it lasts for like 15 years. Lots of dead people, this, that, and other. And, you know, there, the civil war was really between the Islamic people uh, in that area and everyone else. I mean, I'm oversimplifying this, right? But, but there, you know, and all civil wars are more complicated than you can, you can go over in a, in a soundbite. But, you know, this was basically that. As the civil war went on and on in this country, uh, the, the country seemed to move more and more backwards. And uh, it finally ended in 1990, and or 89, I believe. And when it did, it ended with a tariff agreement, and all of these different <clears throat> militias that were a part of the Civil War disbanded, save one. And that's Hezbollah. Lebanon now has a Hezbollah uh, militia, which is an Islamic terrorist group, essentially, as well as their their national security forces. This has created a mess there, and uh, the country has never been the same, and it's kind of a disaster. So that country went from cosmopolitan to now, well, it's really kind of hit or miss what they are, and they are the home of a major anti-Israeli terrorist-type group, which is Hezbollah. So then I looked further, and I found another one. I found a story, a great story from BBC. So it's not right wing, it's the BBC. Uh, and the title was Iranian Women Before and After the Islamic Revolution. Now, I think this is really important because one of the things that we hear from the left, they talk about Palestine and how, how it's so similar to uh, the racial inequality that we see here in America and you know, all these everything. And it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Okay. Um, we talked yesterday about the fact that if you're gay in Palestine, they throw you off a building, you, you get killed, you get murdered. Okay. You, you can't, they don't tolerate that. Right. If you're a woman, you're not tolerated. You got no rights. You, you wear your, your scarf and burqa and that's that you've got all these just backwards old school things that they do that, that step on the rights of others. And let me explain this, my position on this. I don't care if you're Islamic. I care if you use your religion to stomp the rights of others. You should have the right to live freely. And that's whether you're Christian or not. But you should have the right to live freely. And that does not include forcing someone to follow your mandates. Now, if a woman in Iran wants to wear a headscarf and a burqa, more power to her. But forcing her under the law to do that, under threat of penalty, that's not equality, that's horrible. And yet that's not protested. When these idiots are out there protesting in favor of Palestine, they're not, these are the same people who are telling about LGBTQ rights, uh, but they're also, they're protesting in favor of a group of people who murder people who are gay. I don't care if you're gay, but they don't, they don't like what I say. They like what the Palestinians say, but the Palestinians kill the gay people. This makes no sense to me, right? So when we look at women, this is another really important thing because women are treated as second-class citizens in a lot of these places. Now, why is that? 
we have Islamic communities in the United States where, where men and women are, you know, women work and they're educated and they're treated just as equally as anyone else. Maybe they're, you know, traditional, maybe they're not, but they're not forced to wear burqas and headscarves. Now, there's probably some families that do require that and some people that believe that's okay, but there's no law and there can't be a law. You can't force someone to do something under the law in this country. But in other countries, you can. What about equal rights? How can we support anything that's required under the law of man? Now, I am not, we gotta distinguish between man's law and God's law. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution. And now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out AmericaOutloud.shop. Look for ASEA cell signaling molecules liquid supplement and check out nurse michelle's recent favorite asia product renew 28 revitalizing redox gel because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when i broke my hip give it a try for your aches and pains and let nurses out loud hear how your health has improved If you're Islamic and you think that God's law is that you have to wear a burqa and a headscarf and you choose to follow that law, that's fine. But man can't force that on another man. That is equivalent when a Islamic man forces under the rule of law an Islamic woman 
to live according to his beliefs, that would be the equivalent to the Christian Crusades. It's the equivalent to someone holding a sword to that Islamic man and saying, you have to live according to my beliefs. We can't have that. We have to have free religion. It doesn't matter whether it's for Islam, Christianity, Judaism, whatever. And you can teach, you can preach, you can convince, you can convert. I'm all in favor of that. But what you can't do is you can't, under the rule of law, force someone to believe something or to act in accordance with your beliefs. That doesn't work. We have to separate teaching values from the law. Those things cannot be the same. Now, I'd also, before any leftist lunatic comes up and says, well, that's why you shouldn't push your Christian values on kids in schools. No, 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 no. Schools should be teaching only reading, writing, and arithmetic. Basic sciences, basic maths, the things that you need to be successful in work and in the community. Not social sciences, not propaganda, not sexual whatever. They just need at the school level just academics, right? If you do that, there's no issue and there's no controversy. I am not going to be okay with you brainwashing my kid to believe something that's against my religion because my right to raise my kid is mine. It's not yours. And so my kid will be raised as I want my kid to be raised. And no, I don't let my kids go to a place where they have to be exposed to that. And I wouldn't. It's my right to raise my kids as I choose. But this is the point, right? These people, these good leftist lunatics that want us to accept everybody, they're not actually trying to get us to accept anything. They're trying to force their beliefs down our throat. And I'm not taking it. Case study, Iranian women. Before the revolution, women were studying at Tehran University. There's a nice picture. Um, you know what? We're gonna go. I'm gonna bring this up for anybody that's watching. I want you to look at this. Okay. Here you go. Uh, this is a picture of these women. They're studying at Tehran University. This is in 1977. Uh, this was something that I ran. According to the article, uh, you know, they tried to stop attending women from uh, women from attending the university, but there's such a backlash they had to allow them to return. They realized that in order to run the country, they needed to educate both men and women. Good sense, right? Right. Uh, then you see uh, this window shopping in Tehran in 1976, and it's a bunch of regularly dressed people just looking normal, looking in a window at some shoes that look normal. I mean, this could be, you know, a, an American city. Go down a little further. Picnics. Friday picnic in Iran. There's guys and girls. Everybody's just kind of doing their thing. They're dressed normal. Just looks like it, you know, anything else. Could have been U.S. Uh, hair salons. Here's a picture of a hair salon in Tehran. Uh, Tehran. Um, women have to cover their hair now. So, you know, hair salons are still there, but not as much a thing. Uh, here you see, uh, bodyguards around the Shah, uh, you know, the woman, but I mean, you see a woman approaching the Shah. And again, this woman was not treated as a second class citizen. You know, she was just, you know, what it was. Um, here we have a woman walking down a t snowy street in Tehran. This woman is, you know, dressed nicely and just doing her thing. Her face isn't covered. You know, she's well put together. These are things that were happening. But then you had the Islamic Revolution. Okay, now this is where we're going to get to an important point. If we go back up a little bit, we see, uh, you know, it's 1971, the Shah of Iran, right? So the Shah in Iran, these guys were Islamic. 
It's not like Iran didn't have an Islamic background. What changed? Why did Islam mean something different after the Islamic Revolution than it meant before the Islamic Revolution? That's the key here, right? I don't think Islam changed all that dramatically from the 1970s to the 1980s. So why did the countries change so much? Did, did I, I'm pretty sure Muhammad didn't come back and rewrite the religion, did he? No. What happened is the religion was politicized, shifted, changed, and became weaponized, just like a lot of other religions have been over the years. Uh, but in this case, it was really bastardized on a whole other level. Now, I'm not saying that Islam is a perfect religion or an imperfect religion. I don't care. What I care about is that it's being used as a tool of, of coercion and, uh, well, to do bad things, right? And that doesn't mean every Islamic person is bad, but it does mean that when I look at before the Islamic revolution, the people that were living peacefully as Islamic people in Iran were, were dressed and looking good. And afterwards, we see this, women rally against the hijab, protest outside the embassy, family heads in, uh, covered in prayer. I mean, just it just... All these women wearing their burqas and headscarves, you see the segregation, they can't swim. Uh, you know, I mean, just from top to bottom, it's turned, it turned as insane. Now, here's the challenge, right? We don't see a whole lot of Christian suicide bombers or Buddhist or anything else. But every time there's an a Islamic suicide bomber, we hear about Islamic terrorists. So what's happened is, is, we've, is over time, the entire religion's been uh, associated with Islamic terrorism. There are probably billions of Islamic people that have no interest in terrorism and just want to live their life. But the religion has very largely been bastardized. And by bastardized, what I mean is it's been, there's been a lot of people who've convinced a lot more people that damaging someone else's rights is okay because of their religion. I disagree with that. Um, we now, because of that, have to recognize certain things. Now, that, that bastardization process has gone so far that in places like Palestine, they actually teach the children to hate and want to kill Jews in, in grade school. I mean, there's there's tons of stuff in there talking that uh, teaching these kids how to hate and kill Jews. By the time these kids get to be 18, you know, years old, they're so brainwashed, they're lost. I don't know how you fix it. They are indoctrinated from birth, and it's just awful. It's awful what they do. Now, I don't know how you fix that. I really don't. What I do know is that when you have a group of people living within the borders of a country or so close to the borders of a country, and all they do is teach hate and violence, it's going to cause hate and violence. That's what's happening in Israel. Now, here's the problem. I want to bring back this, this, the point I was making here. Trump believed when he went into Afghanistan that he could help get these people back to living a life of equality, freedom, things like that. It's not impossible that that could happen. Uh, we see it here in the U.S. I met with some wonderful leaders of community. And listen, I, again, if you want to wear a hijab, if you want to wear all that stuff, go for it. It's just got to be your choice, right? 
we've got to support your choice to do that. What we can't allow is for that to become legally required, right? If your family chooses to live by, you know, strict Islamic law, well, that's like strict, strict any other law. I mean, I could choose to live very, very strictly as a Catholic. There's a lot of, there's Orthodox Jews. They choose to live that way. That's fine. You live how you want to live, right up to the point that how you want to live impacts another person. That's where we have to draw the line, but we're not. We're not. The left is telling us that we have to accept all this stuff, but they're speaking out both sides of their mouth, and it's almost like they just need a boogeyman, right? It's almost like they just need a boogeyman because, yeah, we got it. We're going to support Palestine, but the same people supporting Palestine are supporting LGBTQ. Which one is it? You can't have both. Are you anti-LGBTQ or are you uh, pro-Palestine? You can't be both. I mean, you 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 just can't because if you're if you're pro-Palestine, you got to understand what they do to gay people there. I don't have an issue with you being gay. I don't care what you do with your life, but guess what? Palestinians do. So, you know, there's some real hypocrisy there. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And so I just, I think that this whole thing is bad. I think we've got to really be careful. We've got to watch what we're doing on this. We've got to recognize that this just can't, we cannot... I don't think it's appropriate to bastardize every single Islamic person on the planet. There's a lot of good people. I've met some. I've met some some Muslims that I think are just spectacular people, and I've been honored to reach out to them. Uh, But they're not trying to force anybody to do anything. They're just living their life their way, and that's their right, and I support that. At the same time, I absolutely think we have got to take a hard stand Against these people, it all—it's—it's it's no justification for taking the rights away from others. That didn't do anything to teach people in the Crusades, right? If you are a Muslim man forcing a Muslim woman to live in a certain way under law, or if you're a society where law is requiring you to live Islamic or any other way, that's no different than what we tried to do with the Crusades. It didn't work out well for the Crusades. It won't work out well anywhere else because you cannot change hearts and minds with law. All right. So I want to move into one other one other big thing that I think is related to this um, before we, we end. Uh, that is what's coming out of this whole thing. So we have this nightmare that's occurring in Palestine and uh, Israel. And, it, yeah, I mean, brought about by a bunch of terrorists who don't care how many women and children get killed. Obviously, they were killing them. And this it's a humanitarian crisis. There's problems all over the place. Uh, clearly, to my mind, you know, there was some Israeli, someone in the Israeli government's crooked because you, get, you don't have people paragliding over the most defended border in the world uh, w- with no opposition unless someone said stand down to the soldiers. So you've got this mess going on in Israel. And then you have the, the American left, who never lets a good crisis go to waste, trying to use it. Headline, Planned Parenthood uses aftermath of Hamas attack to fundraise for its own killing operations. This is in The Federalist. And uh, I just couldn't let today go without talking about this because, yeah, I am against murdering babies, uh, just FYI. And... If life doesn't begin at conception, when's it begin? Two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, 
I mean, well, it's just all arbitrary after that, right? It's just, you know, well, I don't know. I'm going to pick this. I'm going to pick that. You know, scientists are working on being able to incubate babies in artificial wounds from birth, from, from, from fertilization on. So you can't tell me it's, well, it's when they can live outside their mother. Or there's an alternative. No, that doesn't make sense. If there, if you can, if you can incubate from birth in an artificial womb, then yeah, or from conception in an artificial womb, then doesn't that mean you're alive from conception? Anyways, uh, so the International Planned Parenthood Federation, thanks Bill Gates' dad, uh, is uh, well, they're raising money because their their Palestinian Family Planning and Protection Association, now kill babies in Palestine. It was demolished in an Israeli airstrike. And so these guys started raising money. So that, uh, quote, that's right. Baby killing Planned Parenthood is shamelessly using unspeakable human suffering and death occurring in Gaza and Israel, unironically, to raise money. I mean, I, folks, seriously, is there, really, is there a more rotten organization on this planet than Planned Parenthood? I mean, whatever they can do to kill more babies. And the thing about it is, and this is another thing that always gets me, is, you know, I'm a big, big fan of equality. I think like everybody, racism, all that stuff, that just makes me sick. It's it's just stupid, right? It's, oh, I don't like you because you look different. That, how dumb is that? That's just dumb. So you've got this, uh, you've got this uh, Planned Parenthood out there, and I've always found it ironic how many babies they kill of people of color versus white people. These guys murder more, especially black babies in the United States. Planned Parenthood is like the uh, the number one genocide king for, for black babies. They have killed so many black babies in the United States. And the, yeah, this is just what they do. They raise money so that they can kill you know, Palestinian babies, apparently. But we don't see the American left protesting that. That's okay for them. Uh, because the American left are a bunch of idiots. They really are. Uh, it's just, it's mind-blowing. All right, folks. Uh, I need you to support the Tom Wren Show, the America Out Loud Network. I need you to support our, our daily, you know, we're doing this every day at 10 a.m. now, daily podcast. And uh, I need you to support TomRens.com. Get out there and get Mod RNA and other SIs, why it matters. Now, it's hard to find on Amazon, so you can get it. You can go to the sponsors link on TomRens.com. Or you can go to Amazon, but you have to put quotations marks around the word mod RNA, M-O-D-R-N-A. Uh, it's hard to find. I almost think that that's intentional. Who knows? But, uh, you know, help us keep this book out there. We've got to get this out there. We're going to use this to pass legislation. We're going to use this to point out what's actually happening. You know, the, the lobbyists are liars. They're crooks. So we've got to get the truth out there. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight 
for the soul of humanity. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to the Stack O Stuff. Uh, the stack is deep, and let's just dig right into it because, you know, we got to dig to the bottom. See what I did there is, okay, never mind. That was terrible. It, was, it wasn't even funny. It really wasn't. Uh, my producer's shaking her head at me. All right. Uh, headline, DOJ files notice of appeal on Proud Boy sentences will seek tougher punishments. That's right. Uh, these guys got 22 years in prison, 18 years, 17 years, 15 years, and 10 years, respectively. And the DOJ is going to file an appeal because that's not enough. They want them in jail longer than that because these guys had the audacity to go into the Capitol building. Folks, this is such a clown show. I mean, what a clown. This is absolutely ridiculous. This is an embarrassment. Our country is an embarrassment. Our, our justice system is an absolute joke. Our DOJ, uh, it's just, this is going to go down in history as the most corrupt Department of Justice in history. Our, and it's making laugh, a laughing stock out of our judicial system. I do not know what it's going to take for our Supreme Court to stand up and, and tell the activist judges to get their crap together. But this is absolutely ridiculous. And these clowns running these cases in D.C., I don't know, folks. I just don't know. Uh, the whole thing is absurd, and I, I just, I'm sickened by the whole thing. And uh, I really, 22 years isn't enough. 22, how many, how many 22 year sentences are you guys seeking on Antifa for burning and killing? How many of those are happening? I mean, what a double standard. I just, this makes me sick. I, I'm moving on because this just makes me mad. All right. <clears throat> Gates presses EPA on regulating water filters as pesticides. That's right, folks. Have you guys heard about this? So Berkeley Water Systems 
is, yeah, they've got this really, really good filter that gets rid of forever chemicals and gets rid of this. And they're not a sponsor. I, I don't get anything from talking about them. But apparently they've got this really good water filtration system. Somewhere in the water filter, there's silver. Silver is used to create it. And it's used to prevent uh, biological growth inside there. So you don't get mold inside the filter because they use silver and the, you know mold apparently doesn't grow on silver. Well, silver, I guess, can be used as a pesticide. And so the EPA is now labeling water filters as pesticides. Really? And they're doing this for no reason other than they don't want these things out there. Apparently, they don't want you to have safe water. Why? What's in the water? What do they want in the water that's got to be in everybody? Why are they against water filters at work? What the hell's going on here? I'm going to say this again. What's in the water? I might be making an allusion to something. Um, but what is going on here, folks? I mean, let's think about this. How stupid is this? Do you think that when they were talking about pesticides that they thought that that law should apply to water filters? This is such an egregious violation of the major questions doctrine. And uh, I, I mean, I just, this is so dumb. Biden is a crook. Why is Biden still there? Where's the impeachment? Is, is he in jail yet? What do we got to do to get Biden in jail? What do we got to do to get someone? I, I get, oh my God, folks! I uh, this whole thing just makes me makes me cringe. Speaking of cringing, we've got a Kamala Harris headline. Oh man, does she suck? And I don't mean for a living. I well, maybe she does for a living. Oh, what did I say? Oh boy, getting in trouble again. Um. Republicans pounce after Kamala Harris calls for assault weapons ban of weapons of war after unarmed Israelis massacred by Hamas. Okay, so uh, Callis Needs herself, Kamala Harris, is, uh, well, she's, uh, she's want, she wants to get rid of more guns because that's a great idea. And uh, this is this is really a great time to talk about it because we have Israel where they have great gun control, and the Israeli people had no guns when these Hamas terrorists showed up, and so all these Israeli people just sat there and died because Hamas had guns and the Israeli people didn't. You know what happens when bad guys have guns and good guys don't? Bad guys shoot good guys. That's what happens. You know what happens when good guys have guns? Bad guys don't shoot them because they're worried about being shot back. You know, this isn't an overly complicated thing. The Second Amendment to me is a very, very sensible and straightforward thing, and I don't think that there's a whole lot of argument to be made over it. Uh, frankly, I'm of the belief that the, the right to militias and uh, to participate and to own weapons of war and other things like that should be expanded dramatically. The only defense we have against tyranny is force or the threat of force. I mean, realistically, we can, the law is meaningless without the threat of force. I'm saying this as an attorney. When we look at theories of law, one of the things that you've got to understand is that ultimately the, the final reason that people follow the law is because if they don't, someone with a gun will come and make them do it, right? There's been plenty of times where I've looked at someone uh, who is, you know, just being an obnoxious monster and wanting to punch him in the head. 
You know why you don't? Because you don't want to go to jail. And some guy with a gun will show up and take you to jail. That's why you don't, right? Uh, that's why you don't do a lot of things. That's why you don't drive 85 when you're in a huge hurry. Uh, but, you know, the speed limit's 45. I mean, you don't do a lot of things that people might do because some guy with a gun says you can't. And he's going to fine you or penalize you. And that that's always what it comes down to. We like to pretend we're civilized and that the aggressive use of force is not relevant in this country, but it's completely relevant. It's the foundation of what we do. I don't know, folks. I just don't know. I uh, All law is ultimately based on the fact that you know, someone with a gun is going to be in charge or someone more powerful is going to be in charge. If the people have no way to stand for themselves and the government has all the way to do it, then the government's no longer accountable. It's just that simple. I mean, the idea that this buffoon, after seeing what happened in Israel, would be talking about weapons bans. Everybody needs a grenade launcher and a, a machine gun, frankly, at this point. I just don't even know. I, I just, it's just... Maybe two grenades. I want a bazooka. Can anybody get me a bazooka? I mean, how fun is that to say? Bazooka. I want a bazooka. Bazooka. Bubblegum. All right. I'm sorry. I've digressed. Um, I do want a bazooka. I got a buddy who's got a tank. That's the coolest thing ever. I'm really excited. I want to go see it. I haven't had a chance to because all I do is work, but I want a tank. I think that'd be the best. Speaking of uh, guns in Israel and insanity... Nikki Haley, the, I mean, oh my God, folks, Nikki Haley is a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. So, I mean, she is absolutely neocon, military-industrial uh, complex insanity on steroids. And so, anyway, she's out here, and uh, she says that we should bring in about a million, uh, she's supporting a plan that would bring in 1 million Palestinians to America. I'm not joking. They want to they want to house up to 1 million Palestinians from Gaza. Now, these guys, there was a, a poll by the Palestinian uh, Public Th uh, Opinion Whatever Authority. And the poll said 88.9% of Palestinians support firing rockets from Gaza at Israel. 75% believe that uh, deterrence to the Palestinian resistance has increased. 61% uh, Palestinians oppose deployment of UN multinational forces in Gaza. Uh, the, uh, basically, the, the Palestinians are all in favor of blowing up Israel. 88.9% like firing rockets at, is, uh, at Israel from Gaza. 88%. That's what we want to bring here? You want to bring a million of those here? What kind of an idiot are you? I, how dumb is that? Yet this moron's running for president? Who the hell would vote for her? She's not running for president because of anything other than the fact that she's getting a lot of money out of it, is my opinion. She has no chance. She's a piece of crap. Anybody that's that stupid's a piece of crap. I'm sorry. That's just garbage. Anyways. Election today. Here are the eight rhinos who refused to back Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. Uh, we have Dan Bacon, Mario Diaz, uh, Ballard, Carlos Jimenez, uh, Drew Ferguson, Frank Lucas, 
John Ruthford, Mike Simpson, Rob Whitman, and Steve Womack. Huh. Well, so this is all about these uh, the push for Jim Jordan to be speaker. And apparently Jim Jordan's decided that that's okay, which is a, I'm a little surprised. You know, I don't know. We'll see what's happening. But what is happening right now is McCarthy decided to back him. And that really does not make me comfortable. Uh, I'm going to be real honest with you all. I am I'm skeptical of Jim Jordan. He hasn't done a damn thing on COVID. He hasn't done a damn thing anywhere, but he talks a lot. And I don't know whether he's going to actually do anything or just say stuff. Or say stuff and do something different. That'd be worse. I just don't know. But what I do know is uh, he hasn't got a record that makes me think, oh, he's going to be a strong leader. Now, I hope that's wrong. I hope as, as uh, you know, speaker that he'll, he'll go, you know, do what he started doing when he decided to do the Freedom Caucus and some of that stuff. I hope he'll take a stand and fight for things. I just don't know, though, folks. You know, like I said, you know, I was I was shocked. I figured, you know, my my state, my rep is Jim Jordan. Of course, he'll help with COVID, right? I mean, going back to COVID, he was actually my representative. I reached out to his office multiple times. He couldn't make time to meet with me. He had plenty of time. He's back and forth to the district. I offered, I could have went to D.C., uh, but he didn't want to because my work was controversial and he didn't want that. You know, there was a, you know, I was actually looking for results. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't trust him, but is he the best option right now? Yeah. Yeah. So marginally, I'm supporting him. I don't know that I, uh, I don't know why these eight guys are not supporting him. I don't know if that's because he's, you know, maybe they think he's a rhino or maybe they're rhinos and don't like him because he's too conservative. I don't know the reason. Like, but like I said, I'm more than a little skeptical of Jordan. And, uh, you know, the idea that, that, uh, we should just blindly trust him. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't blindly trust anybody. I don't blindly trust Trump. I don't blindly trust Jim Jordan. I don't blindly trust anybody. They're all politicians to some level. Now, I think Trump's the best we got on president, and I absolutely support him. I think right now Jim Jordan's our best bet for speaker. So, you know, I'm kind of swallowing and supporting. But, you know, I guess we'll see what happens here. You know, I just, I do think that regardless of what happens, we're going to have to watch real close. So, all right, headline, Biden campaign joins Trump's true social for fun gets ratioed. I have never heard of ratioed. But uh, ratioed is apparently when you have more responses than shares or likes. Um, I, got, I guess that's bad. I don't know. I don't know what it is. They got like, they got like 4,500 followers or something. I mean, nobody really cares. And they're saying that they did it because they thought it would be funny. Yeah, maybe it is. I mean, I could, that probably was kind of funny, but who knows? And uh, regardless, regardless, uh, you know, it's a bit of a mess. So that's that. I think that uh, I, I just think, I mean, what, what, what would you expect to get on True Social from Biden? I mean, what, uh, yeah, if you're the Biden campaign. So anyways. Uh, next headline, 
Trump says he would cut off funding to Palestinian terrorists, pledges to support, uh, pledges to stand with Israel 100%. Uh, this is zero surprise, and he actually would. Uh, Trump says, said during campaign rally in Iowa that that's what he's doing. You know, he's talking about this disaster with Joe Biden. Now, Trump's actually going to stand with these guys. He's actually going to do something with these guys, and he should, right? I mean, we there needs to be a solution. Gaza is not a solution, right? These guys keep shooting rockets and doing things, and uh, what's happening there is not a solution, okay? I don't know why these Palestinians are not resettled in some Arab country where they can live however they want to live. Why don't some, why don't they move these people? Why do they sit there? Why, why is it that Israel is supposed to tolerate them being there? I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. And I just, they need to be gone. They need to be gone from there. If you hate your neighbor that bad, let's, let's just treat them like children and say, Hey guys, uh, you can't live real close. So let's, let's move you guys away. All right. Moving on. <clears throat> this is uh this is an important thing. So on uh in ter- in Oklahoma. Oklahoma is uber uber red the people are. But Oklahoma has a lot of rhino problems. Oklahoma made it illegal to uh, you know, put public funds in any company that was discriminating on energy. BlackRock, with its ESG, is 100% discriminating on energy. So you know, BlackRock hates oil. Oklahoma makes a lot of money off of oil. Oklahoma makes a law that says you can't invest with a company that hates oil. Yet there's still a whole bunch of money to the tune of probably $7 billion with a B at BlackRock from Oklahoma. Why does this matter? Well, this is the problem. This is the problem. So the bureaucrats in Oklahoma, particularly the the Oklahoma Public Employee Retirement Systems uh, Board, decided to to look for a loophole to try and keep this black record. And they wrote their request for proposal for bid uh, in a way that basically made it so that BlackRock was guaranteed to get this. The bureaucrats are the problem in every state in the country. Folks, we got to get rid of them. I need you to support the Tom Renz Show, the America Out Loud Network. I need you to support TomRenz.com. Go buy our book, Mod RNA, Why It Matters, and other essays. Get it now. We'll be back soon. <laughs>